Good morning. Tommy Harley, administrative pastor, and let's set one thing straight right now. Pastor Kevin is fine. Okay? There's nothing there's nothing wrong. Thank you for being here this morning, those online. Thank you. And before we get started in Psalm 100, I just want to say thankful, thank, thank you, oh boy, to each one of you, and for those who are watching online for your prayers and support through the years. It's the only reason I'm up here, beside God's grace and mercy. So please understand that. Psalm 100. Page 555 in the Blue Bible. Before we get to that, though, I have a few questions for you, so you've got to be paying attention now. First question. What do Leonard Bernstein, Mozart, Felix Mendelssohn, Chris Tomlin, Matt Redman, and the Spear family have in common? Here's the correct answer. They all have written works, songs, or have sung songs based on Psalm 100. Second question. Do you know the titles of any musical pieces played during the coronation of Queen Elizabeth in 1953? She just recently passed away. One of those works was titled A Version of the Old Psalm 100. Third question. Do you know Thomas Ken? Most of you will know something he wrote. He is the author of what we call the doxology. It was part of a 14 stanza hymn written in 1794. If you were really paying attention to the first song we sang this morning, God so loved, you heard some of those words, from whom all blessings flow. Did you hear the description of God in the last song we sang? So, who are you standing on? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Father, we thank you Ooh. for who you are. But you never change. Never. Father, we thank you for your word that never changes. And that's what we have to hold on to, Father. Father, we just ask the words that we have sung this morning the words that will be spoken that they will glorify you Father God that they will glorify you open our hearts Lord including mine to hear what you have to say we ask in the precious name of Jesus Christ Amen Psalm 100 you ready? Verse 1 Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. 
We are his people and sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, in his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And his faithfulness to all generations. Didn't we just sing about that? Got to have a little history though. Once a teacher, always a teacher. A little history on Psalm 100. It's the only psalm with the inscription of thanksgiving. Or in your blue Bible, it says, for giving thanks. What a powerful word. We'll touch on that later. Most scholars group Psalm 100 with Psalm 96 through 99, which all magnify and proclaim Yahweh's kingship. Some make the case that Moses could be the author. Some make the case that David could be the author. But really, after a lot of research study, asking people who are way smarter than me about this, there is no definitive answer on which human wrote Psalm 100. It's also described in Leviticus 3 and Leviticus 7, 11 through 14 with the peace offering. Read Leviticus. And it's prophetic in the fact that most scholars think that it anticipates the return of Jesus and his glorious reign on earth. That's what we got to look forward to. Please understand that. We're going to try to answer four questions today. The first question, who's going to be worshipped? And as we answer these questions, I'll have a few comments, but we're going to let the scripture, God's word, answer the questions. So let's look. Who is going to be worshipped? Verse 1, make a joyful noise to who? The Lord. Verse 2, serve who? The Lord. Verse 3, know who? The Lord. Verse 4, enter his gates and his courts. Not ours. Verse 5, for the Lord. So the question is, why are we here this morning? Are we here because it's what I always do on Sunday? Only you can answer that question. So who is going to be worshipped? It tells us plainly right here. Question number two. Oh, this is beautiful. How are we to worship? God tells us we get all bent out of shape on this, but it's right here. So let's look at it. Number one, verse one again, make a joyful noise. We cannot miss the action verbs here. We can't miss them. A joyful noise. A joyful noise can be likened to when the king comes in or at this time when the king came in. Today it can be equated when your favorite sports team enters the arena, whether it's football, baseball, basketball, or court. We just had the World Cup in soccer. Or when your team may win a big game, joyful noise. Just ask my wife about a joyful noise sometimes at 12 o'clock at night. 
And I can guarantee you one thing. There was a joyful noise late last night in Jacksonville, Florida. I was asleep, but I understand there was a joyful noise. We've made joyful noises this morning. A joyful noise may also include, don't miss this, musical instruments. Psalm 98, 4-6 tells us this. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous songs and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of the melody, with trumpets and the sound of the horn. Make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. Make a joyful noise. First way. Second way. Verse 2 was singing. Again, we cannot miss the action words, serve and come. You can serve. You, can, you are serving today by coming to worship and making a joyful noise. I enjoy music and I enjoy singing. One of the best gifts my family has ever given me was a subscription to Spotify. Spotify, I got this official now, is a music streaming app. It allows me to listen to music anytime, especially when I run. And yesterday when I was participating in the Shrimp and Grits 5K, and the Shrimp and Grits at the end were really good, I listened to music. And I must confess, I don't always listen to worship music. Sometimes I do listen to a little secular music. But yesterday was worship music. Hear these words. Ephesians 5.19 Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Singing. Colossians 3.16 let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Psalm 147, 1, Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant, and a song of praise is fitting. Make a joyful noise, singing, to our Lord, I must confess, and this hurts me, the Lord did not give me the gift of singing. And I know why. And I was reminded of why last week with Pastor Kevin's sermon about guarding your heart. Because his statement, and this is hopefully pretty close, that sometimes God protects you or blessing blesses you by not giving you something. And that's why I don't have the gift of singing. Because if I did, there is no doubt in my mind that I would make that about Tommy Harley. And see, it's not about Tommy Harley. It's about the Lord. That doesn't keep me from singing now. But hopefully when I sing, I honor the Lord. Even if I do drive Pastor Sean crazy sometimes. So how are we to worship? Joyful noise, singing, the third way, 
Verse 4, enter with thanksgiving. What a powerful word. See the action word again? Enter. Worship is a participatory exercise, for lack of a better word. You're not just here to sit. The blessing for all believers today is that, yes, we enter. We come through the gates. We enter the courts. But we can go straight to the Holy of Holies. Because of the words of Hebrews 10, 19 and 22. And it tells us how we're supposed to enter. With thanksgiving. That's a whole different sermon one day. That's a powerful word. In fact, the Greek translation in the New Testament for thanksgiving is used 38 times. And think of all the times Jesus first words were giving thanks to his Father. We cannot miss this other aspect in verse 4 of communal worship. What are we doing this morning? Why are we gathered here? Yes, you can worship by yourself. You can worship anywhere. But what are we doing here this morning? To gather as a body of believers. If you have a relationship with God, with Jesus, we're a family. We are worshiping the Lord together through making a joyful noise, singing, Thanksgiving. And why? James 1.17 Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Psalm 7.17 I will give to the Lord thanks due to His righteousness and I will sing praise to His name of the Lord the Most High. Ephesians 5.20 Giving thanks always and for everything to God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we've answered the question, who is being worshipped? We've answered the question, how are we supposed to worship? Now we're going to look at question three. Who is going to worship? Again, verse 1 tells us. But Psalm 98, 7 through 9 say this. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills sing for joy together before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. What a scene. Remember, Point five in the introduction. Jesus has returned. What a glorious scene. Everybody will be worshiping. Because he created everything. So that's who's going to worship. Question four. The why. Why? Why are you here this morning? 
Why worship God? Verses 3 and 5 in Psalm 100. The first reason, because He is our Maker. You saw the video, Pastor Jason's prayer. We are all created in him, His image. Psalm 95, 6 and 7. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God. And we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Isaiah 43 and 1. But now thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. In reading a little further in Isaiah 43, verse 21, The people whom I formed for myself, they might declare my praise. Yes, these verses are related to Israel. But they're also related to us. Because we are made in His image. We have all, every person sitting in here, has been created by the Lord. Please do not forget that. He made us all. In fact, we are all wonderfully made. One of my favorite songs by Ellie Holcomb is entitled Wonderfully Made. Never doubt that. Never doubt that you are wonderfully made. We cannot miss these words. We are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Yes, Israel was his chosen people. But if you know Jesus, you're one of his sheep. What does that mean? What does that mean to you? You are his. He's never going to let you go. That is why we should worship him. Second reason to worship God. Because He is God. Deuteronomy 4.39 reminds us of that. Know therefore today and lay it to your heart that the Lord God is in heaven above and on the earth beneath there is no other. Know therefore today and lay it on your heart that the Lord God is in heaven above and on the earth and beneath and there is no other. Yes, repeating that. Isaiah 43.10 You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am He. Before me no God was formed, nor shall there be after me. That's why we worship Him. Because He is God. He always has been. He is right now. And he always will be. Genesis. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. Or Jesus' words all throughout the New Testament. I am who? I am the Alpha and the Omega. 
the beginning and the end. That is why we worship. Because He is God. The third reason. Because He is good. And praise the Lord for that. Exodus 34. 6 and 7. The Lord passed before Him. Him being Moses. And proclaimed. The Lord, the Lord, a God. Merciful and gracious. Slow to anger. And abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. We just sang those words. Keeping steadfast love for thousands. Forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. But who will by no means clear the guilty. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children. And the children's children. To the third and fourth generation. God is good. He's also just. Don't miss some of those words in there. Steadfast love. That firm, established love. That is why we worship God. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like eagles. He is good. He's always been good. And if we see tomorrow, he's still going to be good. The one thing that's not going to change is God. this is beautiful. Lamentations 3, 22 through 24. Many of you know this. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in Him. Why do we worship? He made us. He is God. And He is good. God is love. Always has been. Always will be. God is grace. Always has been. Is today. And always will be. God is mercy. Always has been. Is right now. And always will be. That is why we worship Him. So now the tough part. That's great, right? And most of us know that. The question is, do we believe it? Do we believe that every day? See, here comes the application. Two points in the application. Preparing to worship. Do you prepare to worship? Did you prepare to come in here today? Did I prepare to come in here today? I had to today. But do I normally do? See, the Lord allowed me to coach for a long time. And preparation was the key.
whether it was planning for practice or watching film of the opponent and praise the Lord for technology in that area. We went from real to real film. You could splice it together to uh, DVD film to, uh, oh, I left out the, what do you call them, eight-track tape. Eight, uh, whatever I'm trying to see. And then DVD. And then I could just sit in my chair, open up my laptop, and watch film on the computer. So game planning, watching film, preparing for practice, that's the preparation. Whether it was football or basketball, didn't do a lot of preparation for baseball. But being prepared for the game. And although sometimes it looked like we weren't prepared by how we played, hopefully we were prepared. Ecclesiastes 5, 1 and 2 says a little bit about preparation. Guard your steps when you go to the house of God. To draw near to listen is better than to offer the sacrifice of fools, for they do not know that they are doing evil. Be not rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God, for God is in heaven, and you are on earth. Therefore let your words be few. Prepared. And then this passage. This part's not going to be on the screen. But the second part will. The result of preparation. From Exodus 19, 10 and 11, the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow and let them wash their garments and be ready for the third day. For on the third day the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all his people. So that is what Moses did. So let us look at Exodus 19, 16 through 13 to get the results of the preparation. On the morning of the third day, there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast so that all the people in the camp trembled. Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God and they took their stand at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire. The smoke of it went up like the smoke of a kiln and the whole mountain trembled greatly as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder. Moses spoke and God answered him in thunder. Preparation. Look at the results. Do we prepare to worship? What do we do during the week? What do we do on Saturday night? Regardless if the game goes past 12 o'clock. Look at the results. Preparing to worship. Second point. It's easy to worship when, or is it? To worship when things are going well? Or is it easier to worship when things are not going well? If they're going well, oh yeah, Lord, we got this. I got it. 
problems. You're going bad. Your life is a tornado and spinning out of control, whether it's this or this or this or this. Can you worship? Or things are going smoothly. You've been, seem like receiving one blessing after the other. Can you do it? Kind of like me not getting singing. Make it about me. Let's look and see what the scriptures have to say. Job 2, 9 and 10. Then his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast your integrity? Curse God and die. But he said to her, You speak as one of the foolish women would speak. Shall we receive good from God? And shall we not receive evil? And all this Job did not sin with his lips. Shall we receive the goodness? Now God is not going to give us evil. But things aren't easy every day, are they? So what is our attitude when things are going wrong? What is your attitude when you get 10 phone calls and 50 people are lined up at your door wanting an answer right then? Or you're stuck in traffic in Charleston. Sitting in a nice vehicle with the AC running. Now sometimes we do have to turn on the heat. What is your response? First Thessalonians five, sixteen and eighteen. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Another reminder. From James chapter 1 verses 2 through 4. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. That word again. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete and lacking in nothing. So what is our response? Psalm 100. Only five verses. But it tells us from God, from God, how He wants us to worship Him. And why? Make a joyful noise. Sing. Come into his presence with thanksgiving. He made us. He is God. And he is good. So when you walk out of here in a few minutes, what is your response going to be? Only you can answer that. What is the application of Psalm 100? We sit here Sunday after Sunday after Sunday 
read the word daily. Do we believe it? Let us hear these words again. From Colossians 3.16 Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another. Let the word, the word, Psalm 100, dwell in you richly, and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. How? With thankfulness. And to who? In your hearts to God. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Now this message has been primarily for believers. So what is your response in worship? But if you're sitting in here today and do not have a relationship with Jesus, my question is, what or who are you worshiping? Because we all are. The question is, what or who? As we prepare to sing, come to the altar. What do you need to come to the altar for? What do you need to come here? I'll be down front. We'd love to talk to you.